Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the Diva Tech Talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. As you may know, the impact of an online scam or cyber attack can be devastating, and knowing where to go for help can be confusing. Millions of American consumers and businesses are affected by cybercrime each year and need help to respond, recover, and report the incident. In 2019, 460,000 people reported a crime to the FBI, and those who reported lost about $3.5 billion in just one year. That's why it's so important to connect with the Cybercrime Support Network. It's a full 5013C nonprofit created to meet the challenges facing both individuals and businesses affected by cybercrime. In this public-private nonprofit, they work to support individuals through fraudsupport.org, a resource database for those affected by cybercrime, and scamspotter.org, a website to help identify scams and stop fraudsters. In addition, the Cyber Crime Support Network has been awarded a cooperative agreement with the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency to develop a state, local, tribal, and territorial reporting and threat information sharing pilot for cyber incidents impacting consumers and small businesses, as well as funding a pilot to call, text, or chat using the 211 National Network. We highly recommend you check them out today at cybercrimesupport.org. Well, I am honored and excited to have Kristen Judge on this episode. She's an amazing woman in security, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her because she has uh, an awesome history, which she's going to share with us today in her career, but is also really passionate about security, which I share in common. In 2008, she was elected to serve as Washtenaw County's commissioner, where she started supporting the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and growing cybersecurity outreach, both to state and local governments. Then she moved to work for the Center of Internet Security, focusing on connecting state and local governments to federal services and technology needed. So she's all about that security. She has worked with the National Cyber Security Alliance. She's worked with big firms like Google, the FTC, congressional leaders. She's had a seat at the table and even been on C-SPAN and other news outlets to share best practices for online safety. I'm constantly watching her channels, which we'll make sure to recommend at the end to pick up on security tips. She does a great job going live on social for that. So I won't get ahead of myself, but I'll just finish by saying that she's a woman in IT security influence. She's been recognized for that. She's been uh, chosen for the third cohort in the Presidential Leadership Scholar Program. I could go on and on. 2018 Women of Influence Awards. 
but now she serves as the CEO and leader for cybercrime victims and helping educate and empower those who have been a victim of cybercrime by founding the nonprofit, the Cybercrime Support Network. And that works with federal, state, and local governments. So again, using her experience to protect consumers or small businesses that are affected by cybercrime. So obviously she has some things to share around security. So stay tuned, but that's not all because this is about developing women in technology. So she's also going to share a little bit about her path and maybe how there isn't just one path. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Yeah, if there was ever a crooked path, it's mine. So thanks for having me, Nicole. I really am inspired by uh, listening to your other guests. So this is fun. Was there anything I missed that you'd like to share about yourself? Goodness, that was a lot. You know, my (laughs) biggest accomplishment was I was a stay-at-home mom for 13 years and nobody would hire me, even though I had three college degrees. So I ran for public office. You know, anything's possible. It's hard to do it all at once, but you can do it all. And, you know, I came from a very different path as most people that are in the technology field. I'm also not a technologist, but look at what I'm doing and how many times I'm on a national stage now. So there's lots of areas for growth in technology for women, men, or anybody who has an interest in helping other people. It's really about helping. Absolutely. And I know your heart's in the right place because I'm sure you help lots of people. So where would you like to start on today's episode to help guide Tech Diva's success? First of all, I know everybody on the show probably knows someone who's been a victim of cybercrime. And there are resources available. I'll just do my plug for our nonprofit here that fraudsupport.org is there to help people report, recover, and reinforce their security after an event. It can be devastating to people of all ages, men or women. And it's important that people know there are resources. And for the tech divas that are listening, they probably get calls all the time from people in their family because they have cybersecurity in their name or they know about computers. They have a resource. They can go to fraud support and help get help. And does that include attempts? Because oftentimes I sense an attempt. Would that be only if they're successful? No, there's lots of information on there for someone who's even seen an attempt to help them figure out, am I being scammed? Uh, Is this bad? We also have our new website with Google called scamspotter.org. So some really great resources that are free for everybody. So spread the word. And I think that's something that tech divas do really well is, is talk to each other and share as you and I do in our own women's group, you know, just support each other and let people know that these resources are out there. Absolutely. And we'll link to all of those in our blog that we have that highlights our guests. And it is nice to have met Kristen through a group of women in cybersecurity here in Michigan. So I know that you have even more to talk about. What is next for us today? Yeah. So, you know, give a little bit about my unusual background. Um, So my background started as a, a sixth grade teacher. I was a sex ed teacher. And then I stayed home with my kids. Our daughter was two pounds when she was born. No one else was going to stay home with her. So I stayed home with my kids. One thing led to another. I was home for 13 years and then wanted to start getting more involved in the adult world. Tried to just get a a small job teaching Psych 101 at a community college when I have two master's degrees in psychology. And I was told I had stayed home too long and uh, my degrees really weren't worthwhile and I couldn't teach Psych 101. So I sort of had this passion of trying to make sure that any woman who has stayed home knows that they have a lot of value. So I look at that at my hiring practices and all that. So I was very fortunate as an elected official in Washtenaw County, Michigan, I was able to sit next to someone at a National Association of Counties meeting 
And at the time it was 2009. So cybersecurity really was not something people talked about. I know it's hard to remember back to 2009, but cybersecurity was not top of mind for people, especially elected officials. And so I was asked by um, someone who was detailed to the White House and from DHS, if I would help him explain to elected officials around the country, we're talking about governors, state representatives, and mayors about the role of their job in cybersecurity. So I was asked to help DHS and the former White House to help explain to elected officials, whether they be governors or uh, mayors, state representatives, what's their role in cybersecurity. And it was two key elements, policy and budget. But I'll tell you, every time I sat down with an elected official, they'd say, oh, that's an IT thing. I don't know anything about computers. Can you fax me that? I don't really use email. So, you know, in 2009, it was really not at top of mind for elected officials or for many people for that matter. So I helped elected officials around the country understand cybersecurity is a national security issue, especially a state security issue, a local security issue. And it's more about risk management. So that really got me my start. And I was the only one really doing that interpreting of cybersecurity for elected officials. So I partnered with AT&T on some publications and just started getting a, a reputation and um, you know building a network. I love that policy and budget, two things that we can help influence in the system, especially around security, because we have to be proactive. It's hard to get people to invest in a type of insurance like security protection, because by the time you've done it, it's too late. It's like you can't get homeowner's insurance after your house burns down. If you don't put up these safeguards for security in advance and have strong policies and uh, around the stay-at-home parents, that's really empowering. I know for both women and now for even men leaving the workplace, it sounds like you not only went through it, but you support it. So you might have a good word of advice there on people that feel like they don't have a chance because they took that time off for what is uh, pretty much a very important job in our worlds today. I do. And I think it's that if you're in a hiring position, don't just look at someone's resume. You know, resumes don't always tell a story. And then if you want to get hired, build a network because a lot of the jobs you can get nowadays is because someone put you in touch with someone. I call them a warm introduction. Just cold calling and sending in an application or a resume to somewhere doesn't usually work. You've got to know someone who will call them and say, hey, we have a good uh, person here that you might want to consider for this open position. Pay attention from both ends. If you are in a hiring position, you know, don't judge people based on their resume. You can have a lot of quality people who maybe stayed home and, and had to do something else for health reasons. Who knows what? But don't overlook someone just because their resume doesn't match some algorithm. Absolutely. And talk about policy and systems. That's a system that we can influence that helps uh, equality, especially gender equality, since a majority of those are stay-at-home moms, although not always true, as I speak for my uh, husband. <laughs> <laughs> who's actually vocalizing the same thing as a man and it's definitely universal. So let's just keep on going. This is so great. So talk to us a little more. My whole personality throughout my life has been when I see an idea or I see a need in a community, I just start trying to fix it. I'm a fixer. I admit it. I'm a mom. I have the mom gene that makes me want to fix everything. Unfortunately, sometimes I wish I could turn it off. And my 22 year old boy says, please turn off your mom gene right now. Mom, you're mothering me too much. But when I see an issue, I try and fix it. And so that's where I got started um, working on the Cybercrime Support Network 
as an educator going around the country talking to people about good best practices, I realized education and awareness doesn't really work as well if someone's never been impacted by cybercrime. You can tell someone a hundred times that they need to use two-factor authentication, but until their account is compromised, they're probably not going to do it. So until we get the companies to make security built in, we're going to have to help people actually make the security um, their systems better. So what we try and focus on at Cybercrime Support Network is decreasing re-victimization. By when someone comes to us and they've been a victim, I have a corny saying, when there's a breach, it's the best time to teach. Because I think, I used to be a sixth grade teacher, so that's part of where that comes from. But I think when someone's been a victim, they're saying, okay, what do I need to put in place? I've met with small businesses. It'll say, we just had a breach. Tell me what to buy. Tell me what to do. Who should I hire? They're ready to go. So we really want to decrease re-victimization. That's our goal. By empowering people who've already been a victim, hopefully just once, if we can get them to the first time, because most people that are a victim of a cyber crime or a typical online fraud, it happens over and over and over. So we've got to stop that sooner. So when I see something that needs to be done, and I hear from a lot of the women you have on the show, that they, they see a problem and they just go out and try and get it fixed. And that's what we're doing. And when I started CSN and we became a nonprofit, I quit my paying job. January 1 of 2018, and I was the only person in the company because thanks to some great relationships, again, they're all about relationships. I got some funding from AT&T and Comcast. I'm like, oh, someone's got to run this company. So I quit my paying job, came to run the company. We've got 31 people now. We just hired three new people this week. So, you know, with the COVID scams going on, cybersecurity and the need to serve people in this victim space is not going away. But if you would have told me two years ago that we have a 31 person organization, I would have told you you were crazy. So um, sometimes you just got to dive in and, and get it done. Well, that says a lot about the fixer. It's not just that you're a fixer, but that you're a giver because that's about fixing things to be right, but also making people happy yeah. <laughs> and, and servant leadership. So I think that that's a testament to the 31 people today and to the growth you have in the future as the network expands and you continue to use this time of change to have your virtual message come so strong around safety tips, education, the, the breaches being the best time to teach. I love that as well. It's always good to have uh, memorable phrases. <laughs> I think yeah. everyone will leave with that one. <laughs> yep. Yep. I have other people I've done uh, podcasts where they're like, can I, can I use that? I'm like, you bet, <laughs> go ahead, use it because it, it means something. And we've even heard that on the dark web now, They'll have lists of seniors, especially, who have been a victim one time, and you can buy the list because there's a better chance they're going to be a victim again. And they'll give you their Facebook and their email and their phone number. And it's just these, these criminals are just disgusting. Um, so, you know, we, we've really got to ramp up on the um, protection side for the good guys. Exactly. So what else do you have for our listeners? You know, I think it's important for people to feel like they belong in the room. You know, what I try and explain to women, I used to talk a lot about handshakes, but I don't know if we have to teach people to do a good handshake anymore, but I'm not sure how long it's going to take for those to come back. But it's all about like, you know, just owning a room when you get there. Um, you know, I've had the honor of being in the situation room uh, at the White House twice. And I didn't go in and, hey, John Brennan, you want to take a picture with me? You know, I went in and, um, you know, acted like that was where I was supposed to be. I had a job to do and I did it. 
And so I really want women to think about, you know, what do you have to offer and, and own it? Um, it? It's important that we are advocating for ourselves, advocating for others, and supporting other women. I think our company is about 85%, maybe 90% women. And, you know, we've done hiring our heroes, or you uh, hire military spouses. We're very proud of that. But, you know, I've been really conscious and intentional in looking at culture and hiring. And the servant culture, servant leadership, you mentioned that a minute ago, is something that I've studied um, through my Presidential Leadership Scholars Program and then through um, a gentleman who runs and owns Zingerman's, which is a famous deli here in Michigan. He's written about servant leadership. And as a giver, you called it, I am a giver, servant leadership really works uh, for me. I didn't realize how much it would suit my personality, but it means even though I'm the CEO, the quote unquote boss, I'm here to serve the VPs and the other people in the organization that are trying to serve the people that work in their group. At the end, we're all trying to serve the victims. So I think for me, that has really helped me grow as a leader and feel like I can lead because it's a place I'm comfortable. Being someone's boss is not where I'm comfortable, but using servant leadership, which I think maybe some women would find that more comfortable than the typical hierarchy because we are givers and caretakers many times. Not everyone, obviously, but servant leadership has really met my personality and allowed me to grow the organization's culture uh, in a way that I think can can be inclusive and uh, caring, but also effective. Yeah, and that goes hand in hand with women supporting women. Serving women is hard when you see successful people and feel perhaps intimidated by that. Actually, whether you're male or female, I think that can happen. But I think when you have those tips that you gave on being a servant leader, and it's just a testimony to your progress. You just wanted to give and look at what you've gotten in return. And I've always heard that about going out in the community. And I'm a believer of that as well, that when you give, you actually get back twice in return. So it sounds like you've gotten that in your career. Absolutely. And the people that believe in me because of the relationships I've built have come to the table. Um, and it's allowed us to get you know, a considerable amount of funding and revenue and stature for the company because I spent all those years building relationships and being true to my word and coming through to people for people and through them and to them. So it's important to always be thinking about not where I am today, but in working with someone, how is this going to reflect on me later? And, and I think that's what's helped me get to where I am. Yeah. I mean, even in your uh, cybercrime support network motto, right? It's got giver in it. <laughs> which I think is really interesting. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you know. we're trying to give the victims a voice. They've been voiceless. And um, similar to how domestic violence victims, you know, in the late 90s, finally started getting a voice and getting the help that they need. You know, I talk to senators' offices and Congress um, all the time, and I'm like, wait a minute, no one's doing anything for these this class of victims. We've done so much to elevate and serve uh, other types of victims. But cybercrime victims, people are just assuming, oh, I can't see them. I can't hear them. So maybe it's not that big a deal, but it is. Great. Well, Kristen, as you know, our show, we like to leave our listeners with one big takeaway, something that can make them better and something from your life experience, your career experience, your really startup experience. So what do you have for us? Yeah, I thought a lot about this. It was a really good exercise for me to figure out how did I get here as a 
sixth grade teacher, stay-at-home mom. Now I'm a national speaker on cybersecurity with, you know, who would have thought, right? And I'm trying to think about what it is in my life that's always allowed me to continue this path of success. And if I had a magic wand, I would give every woman the confidence that meets her abilities. So if I could ask every woman to think about how good am I, and then act that confident in everything you do. Because I think women tend to um, discount how amazing they are. And maybe we just don't tell each other enough. You know, we're always telling our kids and our husbands, oh, thank you, our spouses, thank you, you do such a good job. We gotta say that to each other more. And I want women to walk into a room with the confidence that meets their abilities. And if you feel like you're missing on some of those abilities, go get an extra certificate or go read up on it. Spend some time on these great podcasts, learning from others. But when you walk into a room, you deserve to be there. And I talk about celebrities or elected officials. I'm around a lot of high level officials. I could be that elected official if I want to. So could you, you know, if you really wanted to be the governor of Michigan, you could look at governor Whitmer, you could, you know, put yourself on that path and you could do it. They're no different than you. You don't have to always ask for a a picture with someone who's famous or in a higher position that all of a sudden puts you at a lower position and you deserve to be there. And you're as important as they are every day of the week. So walk into a room like you're meant to be there and make sure your confidence level meets how amazing you truly are. And then people will follow. It's it's worked for me. (laughs) That's a great lesson as well on equality. And, you know, I want to tell you publicly on this podcast that, that I'm proud of what you've done. I think this is an incredibly underserved advocacy for cybercrime victims and something that to your point, we don't always get, and you're just out there leading from the front. Um, I think we're very lucky in the state of Michigan to have a community of such amazing women in security that do what you say and that live by these principles. And you are a great example of that. Uh, Even just taking the time to come on this show, I really appreciate you, but I appreciate your whole mission and happy to support it. And I'm glad that our listeners could gain a little bit of security knowledge, but even more than that, that confidence that ability to know for our listeners out there, you are enough. You have amazing gifts to give this world. Write them down. Take a second, write down all those things that you know you're great at. You know you're good at reading between the lines. You know you're good at uh, understanding technology or whatever those may be. And just know that we're all here for you and take that time out maybe today to not just recognize those things I just said, but compliment someone else who has those. You know, send them a note on LinkedIn. I just want to let you know that you are impressing me with all that you're doing and keep up the great work. I think this is a great time in the world to send that love and positivity to each other. So maybe we could take that as two quick actions is one, recognize those things, write them down uh, and use them to build that confidence and get the gaps, as you mentioned, and two, give a little love. (laughs) Yes, please. We need it. And I've been a fan of yours for so long. I just... You are, are, again, another voice out there helping to make it a better place and giving women a chance to talk and learn and grow. And so uh, I'm a huge fan of yours. So I appreciate everything that you you do. Thank you. Another love circle. We love it. We'll yes, take it on the end do. of the show. If we have every, every show with a love circle, then I'm doing, the, I'm doing something yes, right. <laughs> absolutely. No, we're all in this together and we love the men that are in our industry too. And, you know, it's not about um, that, that they have less value. We, we really just need to all work together, but the women may need a little extra support. 
So I think it's important that we recognize that um, the men have a huge role to play in welcoming the women too. Yes, absolutely. And if people want to reach out to you, I like to make sure they, we put this in the audio as well. What's the best way for them to reach you? My LinkedIn is the best place, Kristen Judge. Great. And again, we will include that and all the links to the Cybercrime Support Network on our show notes and in our blog. And thank you again, Kristen, for coming on the show today and uh, dropping some wonderful, empowering knowledge in many areas. Really appreciate you. Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.